Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. I'm struggling with my mental health. I'm concerned about my loved one and need support for myself. I need someone to speak to, but I don't want to burden my family and friends. The experience of mental illness can be emotional, challenging and isolating, but you don't have to go through it alone. Hello, Helpline. Helpline is an information support and referral service. Our trained volunteers all have a personal experience of mental illness and are here to listen, understand and help. Our service is free, confidential, and you can call us from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. If you have a mental illness, know someone who does, or just need someone to speak to, call Helpline on 84864222. That's 84864222. My fellowship is a 3CR supporter. Welcome listeners to another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR, 8.55am on your dial. Today we have a very special show on, as Brainwaves is turning five today. Yay! Yay! And today also marks the middle of Mental Health Week, which is a very important week in raising awareness of mental health in the community. The theme of today's show is celebrating mental health and we'll be um, celebrating Brainwaves and all things mental health related to for an hour today. So we apologise to Renegade Economist fans, um, but we hope... We hope you can stick around and enjoy what we've planned uh, for all of you today. My name's Tu and I'll be panelling today and with me on the show we have a range of Brainwaves team members such as Kathy, Daniel, Kathleen and Kiara and with me in the studio right now is Kathy and Kathleen. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, but first we'd like to welcome a very important guest to the show and a very important individual um, to the Brainwaves team, Ben Ronaldo. Ben is the founder of, of Brainwaves and helped to create the program five years ago. Ben works at My Fellowship and is a program worker for peer education within the organisation. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. It's good to be back on the show. Over to you guys. So, Ben, uh, can you tell us about how Brainwaves got started? Sure. Well, Brainwaves is the brainchild of My Fellowship formerly known as Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria, and it was suggested that a consumer participation program using radio was a positive form of engagement and social inclusion for people living with mental illness. And the principal aims of the program were to provide an opportunity for people experiencing mental illness to connect to the community and tell their personal stories of challenges and recovery. The program also aimed at raising awareness, increasing understanding and acceptance reducing stigma and discrimination, and providing hope and inspiration. Social inclusion research has found that having meaningful contact with people with a mental illness is one of the most effective methods of reducing stigma and discrimination in the community. 
So Brainwaves came out of the employment program called My Recruitment originally, and um, they kind of handballed it over to... Well, initially I was asked to be a volunteer on the program back in 2009 and then ended up as the coordinator and producer of the show and ran with it and made it happen with, with a team of volunteers. Um, but it, yeah, it, as I said, it was felt there was a need to encourage and promote alternative opportunities for people experiencing mental illness in the community to connect and to talk about their experiences. And part of the rationale behind it as well is that um, people with mental illness experience social exclusion. That is, we're often excluded from participation in important aspects of social life, which includes media. And a radio slot was therefore proposed as a means for providing opportunities for people with a mental illness to connect with the community as well as challenge inaccurate and prejudicial portrayals presented in the mainstream media. Well, thanks for being here, Ben, and um, we really appreciate um, you creating Brainwaves. It's a, a great program. So a question that I wanted to ask you with Brainwaves compared to other shows, um, it's that people are involved with putting the show together that also have lived experiences of mental health. Could you tell us how this came about? Yes, well, that's an important element of our vision is to have people with lived experience of mental ill health um, it's it was designed to be a peer-led peer-run program so not professionals talking about us but us talking from our own experiences and um, we've been there we know what it's like and um, that yeah as I said that's an important aspect of of the vision and mission of brainwaves Yep, that's a really unique feature of Brainwaves. And um, I was just wondering, uh, what was it like back in the early days of um, broadcasting Brainwaves shows? Oh, it was a lot of fun, as it still is, I'm sure. Um, the team consisted of a few volunteers and um, one companion dog. And... Um, <laughs> I can't mention all the past volunteers, but some of the founding members, we had Mim, a comedian, creating and delivering the Brainwaves comedy segment, which had caused many interruptions to live shows when the presenters had a good giggle. And Calypso, her dog, who slept patiently through every team meeting. We had Mel, researcher, presenter and studio panel maestro, and Mel provided the facts and figures and the literature that informed each show's content. And she mastered the panel and Cool Edit Pro. And we had Patty and Steve, who had an ear for talent, sourcing the diverse range of music we played each week on the program, including many artists who had experienced mental illness. And they co-hosted the show and interviewed guests and we also had support from other people like Brendan and Julie um, from my fellowship from time to time providing mentorship. But Well that sounds great Ben, it sounds like you've put a lot of hard work 
into the program. Could you tell us what are your hopes and vision for Brainwaves when you first started out the program? Well, it was very important for it to be peer-led and to be peer-run. As a, I think it's quite unique in that aspect. And also, it was a creative access platform to engage in mental health promotion, community education, and advocacy. So really wanted to be um, a, a platform for activism in mental health and promoting um, recovery as well. Excellent. And um, I guess here we are like five years later to celebrate Brainwave's fifth birthday and how proud does it make you feel to know that you were responsible for the creation of a show that raises awareness for mental health, has a positive impact on people's lives and that we even have fans that live as far as the Ukraine? Well, what can I say? It's <laughs> It's been a fabulous journey, a, a wonderful and fantastic experience being involved with the Brainwaves program from the beginning. And um, it really has been a team effort. Um, a lot goes on behind the scenes um, to put together a live show or pre-recorded show to air each week. And um, it's demonstrates the dedication and commitment of all the volunteers, uh, volunteer programmers on Brainwaves and staff and volunteers at my fellowship and 3CR. So it's really been a team effort. And I'm really proud that the Brainwaves program on 3CR has matured into highly informative and entertaining program, which attracts both international and local interview guests speaking on a wide range of topics pertinent to mental health. The team of volunteer radio presenters have developed interview presentation skills and confidence to tackle a broad range of confronting subjects like human rights of people with mental illness, um, parenting with mental illness, uh, and interviews on the mental health concerns of refugees and asylum seekers in Australia highlights the growth and development of presenters and contributes greatly to vital community understanding and engagement with this difficult issue at a very personal level. So uh, to answer your question, um, I'm very proud of the Brainwave show. Thank you. We're proud to have you come back um, with us for the fifth birthday. Well done and happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> well, uh, thanks so much, Ben, for coming on the show. We're, we're going to go to some music now. Um, so on today's show, we're showcasing a range of songs that have been um, personally significant to the Brainwaves team. So, Kathy. Okay, um, the song that I chose um, is uh, Imagine by John Lennon. Um, this song encourages listeners to imagine a world at peace without the barriers of borders or the, the divisiveness of religions and nationalities. And I'd like to imagine a world at peace without stigma where people are not treated differently or discriminated against solely because they have a lived experience of trauma. So this is Imagined by John, Legend, uh, John Lennon. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Brainwaves on 3CR, 8.55am on your dial. 
Uh, today we're celebrating Mental Health Week on Brainwave's fifth birthday. My name's Two, and in the studio we have Brainwave's members Kathy, Daniel, Kathleen, and Kiara. Hi. 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 <laughs> Hello. <laughs> in this segment of the show, we're going to be we're going to look back at um, Brainwave's over the last five years, and each team member has chosen their favourite Brainwave's show, and will tell us a little bit about why they enjoy that particular show. We hope you enjoy our picks. Okay, so I might uh, kick it off with my first favourite pick, which is a show back in April this year uh, where Professor uh, Jayshree Kulkarni, uh, Director of Monash Alfred Psychiatry, came on the show to talk about the misuse of the term borderline personality disorder. Um, This show really speaks to me as someone with a diagnosis of BPD. Um, There is a great deal of stigma within the mental health community that people with BPD are too hard or too complex. Um, This speaks to me of misunderstanding and a lack of education um, in the general public. So I really like the way that uh, Jayshree explained this diagnosis and framed the very sensitive topic of trauma. Have a listen. It's um, First of all, it's a rubbish term. you know, to say something is borderline leaves leaves people thinking, well, is there something? Is there not something? Sure. And then to say personality disorder is, well, hang on, you've just said that the very essence of that which is me is disordered. So you've got this term which really is a, a terrible term to throw around. And in actual fact, I think we're missing a whole cause and potential way forward by using a term that's meaningless. When I see women, and I have a special clinic at the Alfred um, Hospital, which is where I'm based clinically, and we see women on Thursdays as a women's mental health clinic, and we see a number of women with what we call complex trauma disorder. I think, unfortunately, in our society, in our community, we have a number of women who have experienced trauma or abuse in their background, and by trauma, I'm, I'm... encompassing quite a wide range it's from emotional deprivation as a as a young person as a child um, or emotional abuse through to physical abuse and sexual abuse and the whole spectrum is that of trauma in this person's background and the ripples of that are quite widespread and continue on in the adult woman's life, uh, ripples from things that happened to her when she was uh, a young girl. And that's very common in a number of people we see in our clinic. It's it's not well recognised, the sorts of things that can happen for women, and unfortunately that then means that the sorts of treatments that uh, the woman gets are A, not effective, and B, if things are done badly, then they can re-traumatise her. So um, I'm a real advocate of of changing names so that names of conditions are not there to basically make things worse for the individual, but to actually give the person a sense of what is going on and where to from here. So I have chosen the lived experience shows where individuals share their experience of mental health. Being able to hear brave individuals like Denise, Kate, Patty, Fergus, Chris and Jackie share their human experience gave me comfort and made me feel I wasn't alone in the difficulties of my human experience. Here is an excerpt from Kate's lived experience audio. I first showed signs of psychosis when I was living in a remote region of New Zealand with my new partner. Now I'd experienced a major trauma at the start of the previous year and that was the final year for my psychology degree. So I actually um, 
repressed the trauma, didn't it didn't enter my mind, my thoughts or feelings, and I focused with drive on my psychology degree and did very well. But it all caught up with me the following year. Um, during the following year, I developed delusional beliefs around the idea that men were going to hunt me down and hurt me. Now, let's make, get it clear, I don't have those beliefs now. Um, so in my head, the local the local dope growers and basically everybody on the west coast of the South Island had their little marijuana patch. Um, I believed the local dope growers were a cartel of bloodthirsty assassins with my name on a bullet. So now, most of the time, I was functioning normally. I held these beliefs, mm. and I, I was really sure of them. I was convinced. But I kept them to myself, and on the surface, I was functioning. So I held down work. Um, I pursued my interests in martial arts and mountaineering. I'd hold down a conversation with friends or people I met. Um, the, but... Um, the, the delusions were nevertheless there. They were sporadic, intermittent, and, as I said, didn't completely take over my reality. Um, I hid them well, and I selected who I confided in, only the gullible, which was my mother. Um, looking back, I believe it was the germination of the full-blown psychosis I experienced about a year later and was hospitalised for. So I see it as a, a graduation of degrees of separation from reality for, for in greater depth and for more prolonged periods of time. I was in Alfred's psychiatric ward for several months with psychosis and my mother made the trip from New Zealand to visit me. Um, on the ward, there wasn't a lot to do, so I people watched. And in my ordinary life, I was single and lonely, and I felt I'd like a boyfriend. So on the ward, I met three young guys around my age, all of whom I thought were attractive, and none of whom I had any idea how to approach and get to know. So I just enjoyed watching them move around the ward. I have very little recall of my time on the ward because I was in and out of psychosis, mostly in, but I do recall my mother, myself, a Christian friend and a psychiatrist meeting in an office. I walked in and everyone was seated. I sat down and solemnly announced that my name was Katerina Novaskaya, which is not my name, and that I had three husbands, one for defence of the realm, one for hunting and one for mating. So I immediately snapped back to reality. I was back on planet Earth. I'd heard what had come out of my mouth, and I sat there in acute, embarrassed silence. So we then had a, a conversation grounded in reality, a bit of chit-chat. My mother went away and told her friends in Queensland what I'd said, and they roared with laughter, but not my mum. She was um, devastated. <laughs> Um, the Christian friend sat throughout in stunned, terrified silence because he thought I was possessed by the devil, and I never saw him or my Christian friends again. Uh, so for my favourite show, I picked an old episode with Paul Fern and Graham Doyle. So they used to host a show on Brainwaves called Poets Corner, where they would read out their own poems, and they would talk to other poets as well. Uh, so for my clip, I've pulled a bit of Paul and Graham reading out some of their poems, got a great sense of humour, so hopefully this clip will work. Uh, we're going to read some poetry, uh, both of my own and Graham. So he's 
Graham's been good enough to write some new poems for the show tonight. Better look out, listeners. New poems from Graham. <laughs> right, so I'm going to start just by firstly reading one of my poems. This poem's called Treasures. Treasures and timeless truths, wantings and all that will come to pass. I've had my fill of places that only shine. I've had my fill of things which only bind. And when I am through, I will come for you, Dawn, and you will know me to be a ghost that has sense in my vision and regret in my heart. But we must not stop. We must only stop when death has us. And even here we must continue and be sure in ourselves that the rite of spring will be enough to still us to the core. Mm. I like to emphasize that last line. Bit of dramatic mm. effect there, mm. Graham. Just sort of build up, right. build up the palm and then wham! Just like, well, that's end. the way to do it, Paul. Have you got a palm for us, Graham? I'm going into care with my bucket of blood and my bottle of hair. You can get them almost anywhere, from an ironing board or a copper chair. Yeah, I'm going into care. I'm going into care with my licorice eyes and coconut stare. You can buy them almost anywhere, from a stupid market or a predator fair. Yeah, I'm going into care. Yeah, I'm going into care. My back legs have fallen off. And my teeth have turned green. My teenagers are aged with a geriatric trot. I've tossed a beloved or two all around the Christian cot. If you think I'm naughty, let me tell you I'm not. Because I'm going into care. Yeah, I'm going into care. I loved the Dating and Mental Health show because it was so unique. Uh, Rose and Dan really made it so casual and open. Um, and no one really thinks about mental health and dating, but it, the reality is that people with mental illness can face huge hurdles in their relationships. Um, so have a listen. How do you find meeting people? Uh, with my lived experience, um, social anxiety is such a barrier to meeting people. Yeah. Like just actually getting to a location where you're going to be able to have a conversation that's not yeah. in a work setting or a, an educational setting is so challenging. Um, and then once you're there, like once you're past pleasantries, I find it incredibly intimidating to determine whether someone's interested in me, like in a in a romantic yeah. setting. You have all of these internal dialogues running. So are you like uh, constantly analysing what you're saying and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, what did that mean? Oh, um, you know, oh, he, he probably noticed that my shirt's super wrinkly and that I said <laughs> that really idiotic thing before. And while you're running through all of these little tapes in your head, it's affecting what's coming out of your mouth. So you yeah. probably are saying stupid stuff, not paying attention to what you're saying at all. So it's kind of like, uh, it's like someone's judging you, like they're judging, is this person good enough to be with me? Yeah. And I think that can be really hard because you're judging yourself as well. You're saying, am I good enough to be with this person? And a lot of the times if you've got a mental health issues, it's like impacted your self-esteem. So maybe you don't actually have belief in yourself. Totally. So, so like you're thinking, am I good enough? No, I'm probably not. Uh, this person probably doesn't want to be with me. And obviously even that's going to affect how you're talking to them and how you're reacting to them. Even before you get to that point, you're in an amb ambiguous bar situation and you're talking yeah. to an attractive person and you're thinking, I find this person incredibly attractive. There is no way that yeah. they are single, that they're even remotely thinking about me in that way. I'm not on their level. So you feel like uh, you're out of their league in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the person that I would imagine that is in my league with low self-esteem, I wouldn't be interested in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catch 22. So in the in the unlikely situation that you do actually find somebody that you 
wants to be with you <laughs> and uh, you want to be with them. Uh, what when you when it comes to disclosure of your mental health issues, do you just come out straight away and say it or? Yeah, what do you I, do? I guess it's like a um, a self protective thing with with friends as well as um, romantic prospects. Is just straight away. I'm very open that. It's quite common for me to experience episodes of depression or yeah. episodes of anxiety um, uh, and that these things are just a part of who I am and I'm quite happy with that and I'm happy for people to know that about yeah. me um, and I want them to feel comfortable to share that with me. I feel very lucky to have been listening to this interview with Sandy Jeffs from a previous Brainwaves show from Studio 2 down at the 3CR station. Seeing her perform her poem with such attitude, humour, in a really assertive defiance kind of a way, was incredible. Uh, The poem Medicated, it's called, is clever on a few levels. I love the way it plays with the over-involvement of the pharmaceutical industry in mental health and the long listing of textured pill titles highlights the laughably little we kind of know about psychiatry um, and and what an imprecise science it can be at times. Um, It's great too though because the story behind Sandy's words is one of perseverance and finding fun um, in the long recovery process that mental ill health can sometimes be. It's hopeful and critical at the same time. A good mix of values for advocates like Sandy and a good listen a few days out from World Mental Health Day. I find writing is just a wonderful, wonderful thing to do, to feel creative. I need to feel creative and to have that creative capacity is for me life-giving and and sustaining. So um, I don't write now when I'm just depressed. I write in all sorts of moods. I write when I'm manic. I write when I'm excited. I write when I'm down or happy, all sorts of moods. And, And for actually for the last three or four years, I've had poetry pouring out of me like um, a tap had been turned on and a water's pouring out. Well, the poems were pouring out of me and life was just one big, continuous, ongoing, unfinished poem and I just had to, had to document all my stuff in poetry. I've kept writing about madness in prose and poetry. It's been my ongoing theme. I can't get away from it because I'm mad and I have to explore it. So I'm going to read a poem called Medicated because I was lying in bed one night and I thought, I was like actled. And suddenly all the drugs that I had taken over the years from Lorundal to uh, onwards became verbs. And this poem emerged and I've been on all these drugs at some time. I'm sure I've forgotten some, but it's called Medicated. Roll up, roll up. Join me on the medication trolley. <clears throat> I've been on it for years. I was ligactyl with bitter syrup. I was pimazided and malaruled and numbed. I was so stelazine, <clears throat> I was like a cat on a hot tin roof. I've been modicated into a shuffle and clozapined into a stupor. I was serenaced to drowsiness and abilified to sleeplessness. When I was risperidoned, I lactated like a cow. They cogented me to stop the lookups, but I kept looking up. I was lithiumed and epilimed to even my pendulum. I've been imipramined, prothiodined, lexaprod, effexored and zolofted to happiness. I was valiumed and atavanned into tranquility. At bedtime, I was mogadoned, still noxed and tomazepamed to slumberland. 
Now I'm zyprexid and ravenous and fuzzled. I'm lamotrigined and balanced and Sarah quelled. Yes, indeedy. I'm medicated and dedicated to the medication trolley. Here's looking at you, pill bottles. That's fantastic. Well done. Hi to all the listeners out there. So um, I want to share my favorite interview that I've done with Brainwaves. Um, So it was not only just a privilege to interview Patrick McGorry, um, he created Headspace, so such a phenomenal organization that helps youth and teens. Um, But also as he was running late, it really helped our ability to work as a team um, as he hadn't showed up at five o'clock when we were starting. So I was really impressed with my team and also Patrick's professionalism um, to go straight straight into the interview and our ability to carry carry on under pressure. So now I'd just like you to have a listen to the interview. Very special guest who unfortunately is stuck in traffic at the moment. Professor Pat McGorry is on his way. We're all very keen to talk to uh, the professor, but he's uh, stuck in traffic. So we're just going to go to a quick song, and uh, fingers crossed he'll be here shortly. 3CR 8.55am, this is the Brainwaves program, and we're very, very lucky that uh, Professor Patrick McGorry has made it through Melbourne traffic and is here with us, so welcome, Professor. Thanks a lot. Professor McGorry is the uh, Executive Director of Origin, the National Centre of Excellence in Youth Mental Health, and of course, Australian of 10. Uh, Very excited. A topic that really interests me is young people. Could you tell us, for our young listeners out there, how are young people in schools made aware of early intervention programs so they can get the help that they need? Well, in schools and I would say um, tertiary institutions too where so many young people are going these days and, and, and probably, you know, that 18 to 24 age period is a, is a high-risk period even in the teenage period. So, so all of those educational sort of uh, settings need to have awareness and education programs and, and pathways to help seeking, you know, definitely need to be made clear. I don't know that it's really being done in a systematic way. It's been done in a piecemeal way in lots of ways. Lots of programs are happening in schools, but and there's a thing called Mind Matters, which is um, a federal government-funded thing that's operating. A question that I really wanted to ask you, your work, it's been highly regarded in Australia and internationally. Can you explain to our listeners the beginnings of Headspace and also your work at um, Origin? Sure. Well, first of all, it's not just me. There's a whole army of people working out there in a really great way. We've got amazing colleagues and and. There are so many wonderful people working in the mental health field that are, you know, contributing to, to sort of progress and trying to make things better. Uh, but I, I do think that one of the important things has been this focus, first of all, um, on the idea of early intervention, sort of not waiting until people get really, really sort of... Um, Thanks, everyone, for your picks. We hoped you enjoyed the highlights. And so now we'll be breaking for a song and some CSAs. Yep, so uh, the next song, I actually chose it, and music is quite important to me because a bit of an introvert, and whenever I get a mental health problem, I kind of get really isolated and kind of stuck in my own little world, and it's good for me to listen to music just so I can kind of understand that other people are going through the same situation. So uh, the song that I've chosen is Walk by Blind Melon. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Brainwaves on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am on your dial. Today we're celebrating mental health for Mental Health Week and Brainwaves' fifth birthday. Next up on the show, the Brainwaves team will be answering the question, what has been your positive experience about mental health? 
Everyone here at Brainwaves has a lived experience of mental illness and we're celebrating the positives of this experience. So the silver lining, if you like. So my positive experience would be just feeling connected with others. I've experienced the benefits of discussing self-disclosure with others and talking about my own experience. So through this, I've come to realise that simply discussing our own mental health and talking about our own experiences, it shows a lot of strength and this can even win people over and attract the right people in our lives, which prior to being a part of Brainwaves, I once perceived this as vulnerability or weakness. So here's our segment, what has been positive about your experience with mental health. Some positives that have come out of my experience with mental health is just some of the amazing people I've met, getting, giving and receiving peer support other people who experience mental illness and you know I, I studied community development and I've been able to draw on those skills in my work and I've been able to be part of a positive recovery process with others. Okay so I think for me uh, the experience of mental illness has been something that has taught me so much about myself and shown me just how much I can actually handle after each thing that life's thrown at me. With the love, support of my family and friends I've managed to bounce back which for me speaks of my character and resilience. I think this whole experience has strengthened me and helped me to recognise my place in the world. My experience has also increased my empathy and awareness of others. It's helped me to realise that I'm not alone in my struggles and that there are some incredible people in this world. Although mental health or mental illness can be incredibly impactful on people's lives, that in regards to recovery, people start to learn again how to use their skills and talents in a way that um, isn't impacted so much by their mental health. And so for me, a lot of things um, in regards to mental illness especially is that it robs people of the potential sometimes, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that's a life sentence as well. You know, and I've worked with some incredible people, and met some incredible people who have, I guess, overcome or worked through a lot of their challenges in regards to the incapacitation they've experienced because of mental health issues, uh, but it hasn't destroyed them. And in some ways, you know, this might sound a bit cliched and I don't mean it to, but it has strengthened them in some ways, you know, because they've used that experience uh, in a very powerful way to then go on and support other people who may be struggling. So what's been positive about my mental health experience is that it's helped me become a more compassionate human being and some of the most compassionate people I've met are people who've had lived experiences of mental ill health. Okay, what's been positive about my experience? I think, and I see this with a lot of um, people who uh, experience mental health also, that 
through our experience of often quite traumatic experiences, um, we've had to learn a lot of skills and strengths uh, along the way to, to get us through. And I think that that sometimes goes um, a little bit missed. And we've all had to develop some really strong resilience and strong strengths um, that we, if we didn't have this experience, we wouldn't have wouldn't have had to do. So. Uh, when I think about my experience, you know, I'm here today and I'm alive and to do that I've had to bloody put in the hard yards um, and I have the opportunity now in my work to work with other people on um, how they use their personal experiences to um, talk about that within community settings to create change and break down stigma etc and it's just such a humbling experience uh, and I wouldn't have had that experience if it hadn't been for mental illness. Um, this poem uh, appears in psychiatrist Kay Redfield Jamison's Touched with Fire, which is a, a book about the intersection between creativity and uh, mental illness. Uh, the poem's by Randall Jarrell. I see at last that all the knowledge that I wrung from the darkness, that the darkness flung me, is worthless as ignorance. Nothing comes from nothing. The darkness from darkness. Pain comes from darkness and we call it wisdom. It is pain. That kind of sums up what I've taken out of having mental illness, the perspective, the humility and um, the empathy that going through tougher experiences brings to your life. Uh, I think it really helps you connect with people a lot easier and understand that you can't know what's going on inside someone when you see them at face value. For me, um, I came kicking and screaming uh, to the realisation that um, this experience of the human condition that we call mental illness was something that I was not going to just shrug off and get away from. So I. I was, um, I suppose, convinced that I needed to embrace it, and embrace it I have to a degree that I can. Um, and uh, I think a line that Leonard Cohen might have said, something like, um, the cracks in one's heart are where the light comes out. And that's sort of how I conceptualise the experience I've had, because it really felt like my heart had broken, um, and, and I found it really difficult to see anything positive about that. So yeah, I draw upon that. So I think I think in the in the in the crumbling of what was, there's been an opportunity for something to occur that is a rare and privileged experience. My positive experience with mental health is learning to empathize with other people's suffering and also just learning about myself. Yeah, so I think uh, one thing I've always thought is that I wouldn't actually be me without these mental health issues that I've had. Like, they've kind of shaped me and made me into the person I am. And I don't really think I'm that bad of a person. I feel like I'm quite self-aware and I've got quite a good knowledge of, of things. And yeah, I don't know if I'd really have that if I didn't have my mental health issues. It would be quite easy for me just to uh, kind of float through life and never really think about anything and just 
do what everybody else does, but my mental health issues have kind of inspired me to do more things. I don't think I'd be me without these mental health issues, so I think that's quite a positive thing. Thanks for that, guys. We hope that those messages have been um, positive for you to hear and make you reflect on your positives uh, in your own experience. So you're listening to Brainwaves, and we're going to go to Kiara for some mental health events. Okay, so in light of Mental Health Week, uh, the Mental Health Foundation are running events all week that people can get involved in. Um, there are heaps of events that have already happened, but plenty more coming up over the next few days. Uh, so grab a pen to jot down this information for any upcoming Mental Health Week events that might be of interest to you. Uh, so first off, there's a free laughter yoga class on Saturday the 10th uh, from 2pm to 3pm at Library at the Dock. So that's 107 Victoria Harbour Promenade. Uh, visit Eventbrite for more information or call Library at the Dock on 9658 um, there's a Mad Hatter's Tea Party on Saturday the 10th from 1pm to 3pm at uh, Capra HC on 300 Old Geelong Road in Hoppers Crossing. Uh, the afternoon tea is $10 per person. Uh, there'll be trivia and people chatting uh, to celebrate uh, Mental Health Week. There's no need to book. You can just turn up. Uh, there is a colourful colorful Thoughts art exhibition. Uh, artist uh, Tamara Marie is exhibiting her resin works, uh, which relate to mental health and reflect the surrounding issues, exploring the mental health, oh, sorry, exploring the impact mental health conditions have on people and their families. Uh, the exhibit is on now until Sunday, the 11th of October at the Kingston Arts Centre, and that's 979 Nepean Highway. Uh, there's a free origami workshop on Saturday the 10th from 10am to 12pm at Library at the Dock, uh, 107 Victoria Promenade, sorry, Victoria Harbour Promenade. Uh, you can visit Eventbrite for more information or call Library at the Dock on 9658 998. Uh, there is a building carer resilience workshop for carers uh, on Saturday the 10th. Uh, that's run through Mind Community Services in Rosanna, uh, level 2, 86 Turnham Avenue in Rosanna from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, this workshop is actually free and you will need to register by calling 1300 550 265. There's also a free yoga class at 4 p.m. on Saturday the 10th uh, at 1 to 42 Barry Road, Tullamarine. Um, you can visit bikramyogatullamarine.com.au for more information. And lastly, there is a public lecture on women's mental health uh, by uh, Professor Jeshuri Kulkarni, who was a guest on our show earlier this year. Uh, the lecture is from 6pm to 7pm on Friday the 9th at the Alfred Centre, which is at 99 Commercial Road, Melbourne. Uh, please phone Julia on 9903 0026 to register. For more information on any of these events that I've just listed, uh, please visit uh, www.mentalhealthvic.org.au. Uh, we've also posted up a list of these events uh, that we just read out on our website, uh, www.brainwaves.org.au. Um, so if you missed out, just head over to the page for more information and it gives you direct links to everything that I've just mentioned. Are you having a hard time controlling the way you eat? Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous is a recovery program for people who suffer from food obsession, overeating, bulimia and undereating. FA is free and open to all women, 
men and teens that want to stop eating addictively. For a list of regular weekly meetings in the Melbourne area, visit foodaddicts.org. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Brainwave's fifth birthday on 3CR, celebrating mental health for Mental Health Week. As we're near the end of the show, we'd like to thank everyone who has helped contribute to the Brainwave's show over the last five years. Uh, we would like to thank our Brainwave's volunteers, past and present. Um, thank ben you, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thank you, of Ben. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> The genesis, the, <laughs> the genesis of our show um, on 3CR Community Radio, the lovely volunteers and staff members at 3CR, my fellowship and all the guests who have been on our show and most importantly, our listeners. Um, so we're going to go to Rose's song choice. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. The song Vesuvius by Sufjan Stevens is a song I really associate with those intense, volatile, emotional moments uh, that you have when you're experiencing anxiety or depression, extreme of either, I guess. Um, It expresses this really intense rawness of spirit volcanic uh, impending catastrophe or uh, I guess like um, that build up of pressure of internal feelings Um, I've certainly listened to it on repeat when I've been feeling that way I guess to try and express it or lean into it I don't know